Hello and welcome to Chatty AF, the anime feminist podcast. My name is Vrai Kaiser. I'm a managing content editor at Anime Feminist. You can find me on Twitter where I post a lot of my freelancing work at Writer Vrai. And with me today are Chiaki and Peter. Hi, I'm Chiaki Hirai, uh, one of the editors for NFM. You can find me at, at Chiaki747 or at Animated Empress on Twitter. Uh, my main is locked, but uh, my alt is open. And for some reason, my alt is starting to become more popular than my main. <laughs> and I'm uh, Peter Phobian. I'm a manager of YouTube strategy and content at Crunchyroll, an editor here at Anime Feminist. And my Twitter is at Peter Phobian. And we are here today to do the summer 2022 wrap-up podcast and put an extremely lackluster season to bed. If you've never joined us for one of these before, the general gist of it is that we start with our premiere digest. We work from the bottom on up. For the season end, we tend to leap up to the higher shows just so that we have time to touch on sequels at the very end. Uh, which means that today uh, we are starting with when will Ayumu make his move because Chiaki, you finished it, yes? Yes, and I know it's in the red flag uh, red flags category, but I just wanted to kind of say, you know, I wonder if this is more of like a yellow flag, you know, territory than a red flag. Mm-hmm. I've overall enjoyed it. It's extremely harmless fun once uh things get you know things uh between characters get pretty mellowed out as far as the pressures between you know trying to get people to date each other um overall i thought it was sweet and uh, it ends on a nice note so if you're just in for some chill anime with that's i guess extremely heterosexual but it's fine uh go for it so if you're a fan of uh, Takagi-san and such, you will probably also possibly like this one. Yeah. I just do not like this guy's work, so I'm just personally going to move on, and that's fine. Yeah. No worries. All right, but it's nice to hear that you enjoyed it. Um, And if folks were wondering how it ended up in Red Flags, you can check out our three episode and premiere write-ups. With that, we will move on. Up to Uncle from Another World, which, Jackie, I know you dropped, and I completely understand. Um, Basically, the reason we're talking about it is that I wanted to touch on the production issues behind the scenes, because this series is actually on hiatus right now. It only aired, I believe, seven episodes, Um, and it is planning to start back up again. But so what we know is that uh, the animator Ipe Ichi, who also spoke up about issues at of low pay at MAPPA around the Chainsaw Man trailer. This dude seems like really willing to put himself out there about uh, injustices in the industry. So uh, at this point, I always kind of feel my heart sees a little bit when I see his name because it's nice that somebody is willing and or in a position where they can do that and still get work. But uh, he was going to be working on episode 10 with storyboarding and uh, overseeing voice work, according to the ANN article, and basically said that he was planning to direct the anime's 10th episode, but pulled out of production because there was no animation staff available three weeks before the episode was slated to premiere. So it sounds like 
a rough situation over there. I think there's a little bit more to it post this article, but it seems like this is a particularly egregious case of the buckling level of strain the industry is under right at this moment as uh, the COVID shutdowns start to catch up with productions. And I think one thing to keep in mind about his his critique of this is, yes, this is supposedly because of the COVID shutdowns, but the production committees, the people who are in charge of allocating these resources need to do their jobs to, you know, even if under strain, find alternatives and, you know, people to work on these episodes. And that wasn't happening. That's what he was really pissed off about. There have been allegations, uh, you know, which we can't confirm or deny, that uh, the studio Adelier Pondark and this the production heads here have kind of been using COVID as a cover for poor management. So it's rough all over. All right. And that's where that is. <laughs> I have no good segue out of that. It's bad. Uh, moving up, Parallel World Pharmacy or my stepmother or my stepmom's daughter is an ex. Was there anything you wanted to say about either of those? Peter, you have anything? Uh, I don't know. I don't really. I, I, I didn't watch Stepmom's Daughter, but as far as pharmacy, at least I wouldn't say there's too much that's new. I, I do want to say that I resent any piece of media where society intelligently deals with a pandemic illness. Uh, yeah. Just the audacity of them making that yeah. <laughs> now of all times. I mean, they and, and also they got out of the pandemic in like, what, four months? Uh, was that even four months? God, it was like <laughs> two episodes. Uh, I, yeah. It's like, yeah, hey, the nobles said, we're done. Masks off. We're done. It's eradicated. We cured the Black Plague. And Well, yeah, but it was true when they said it as opposed to reality. Yeah, and um, also everyone – and every, it's, it's truly a fantasy because everyone actually wore masks. Yeah, they were told to wear masks and they did it. One guy even was like, why am I wearing this? And then he realized that there was a good reason and he came around to it on his own. It was, yeah, I don't, I, when was this written? I don't, I just don't I mean, know. Like, I know. So it's truly a fantasy yeah, series. Yeah, yeah that's the most fantastical element of the entire series was in the last three episodes. Yep. Uh, I, they do the bubonic plague thing. He, he punches out the bubonic plague somehow. Uh, I kind of wish they had i don't know it's always like there's some good ideas there like they introduced a character named miss black mold who should have been in the series the whole time maybe some foreshadowing at least who was just growing mold all day and couldn't get any research funds and then it turned out she'd accidentally grown penicillin uh the main character was like oh is somebody working in mold maybe they had penicillin and she did uh she just didn't know what she had uh so that was pretty convenient yeah it took like uh 10 minutes uh so I feel like maybe if they built that up, because she was a really cool character who got like maybe five minutes of screen time to serve a narrative purpose. Um, mm-hmm. So that's sad. Like Miss Blackwell, yeah. though. I, I feel like this was definitely a novel that was adapted, and they just kind of wanted to get through get through it. Yep. Um, which is too bad. Like th- it really could have used a little bit more thought and direction, and it could have been something better. But this is what we have. All right, I will guess we will move on from that then. Yeah. Up to the top of the Yellow Flags category, which is Call of the Night. A series that is a lot. Yep. The more I watch, uh, the less, the, the more I am skeeved, honestly. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You want to expand? 
Um, it, like, I, I think it just really goes back to the fact that there are so many people falling over to, you know, win over this 14 year old kid. Right. Yeah. That, that's kind of like all the adults, all, you know, the vampire hunter, uh, the vampires, they're all really cool. But then they're all licorice pizza. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then you get to deal with a sort of a gender ambiguous, um, uh, assigned male at birth vampire who's just kind of, he's queer and it's cool, but then you realize he's kind of like the worst asshole, like the worst predatory asshole ever. By far. Yeah. He is a gender non-conforming as fuck, but also he's kind of running his polycule like a cult. Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, that kind of sucks. And of course, naturally, uh, this is a character who is referred to as she, her pronouns oh, yeah. for most of the series until we do a genitalia reveal. Love it. I will say uh, on the Japanese side that uh, since I'm just listening, that wasn't gotcha. really an issue. I think it's more of an issue with uh, subtitling. But I got you. So this is more of a no pronouns situation. I think that was the case. Yeah. I mean, I can go. I, I wasn't watching too closely, but I didn't really notice it until I was like, oh, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, fair. Uh, yeah, I didn't. So I dropped the anime, but I have kept up with the manga because uh, they have it at the library and it takes maybe 20 minutes to read an entire volume as opposed to watching the entire ser- uh, to watching a single episode. And I did read all eight volumes. The ninth one just came out but there's an extremely long waiting list because it's the latest volume. So reading the manga, right? I mentioned last time that it's a little easier because you can kind of skate over the skeezy fan service stuff that the anime spends a lot of time on. Mm -hmm. So doing that, I can kind of see what people find appealing about this show. I think it has a sense of melancholy about it in its best moments and sort of hits on depression and this question of, you know, what is it to feel like you don't belong to feel like you're a freak if you don't really necessarily know how to love someone um a lot of the multiple characters come up as ace or arrow coded in some way mm-hmm. and as the series goes on it does get better about one thing that i kind of wanted from it from the beginning which is writing nazana as basically emotionally 16 so her relationship with ko feels less creepy that way but you know it doesn't ease the fact that you have all these extremely emotionally and physically adult women uh still hanging all over him and that's gross and uncomfortable and there are queer characters uh besides Hatsuka the gender non-conforming vampire there are uh lesbians later in the series but that's also frustrating because one of them is a sad lesbian who's pined for her dead love who didn't feel that way about her ever since and I hate that (laughs) Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, so that's, it's really frustrating, this series, because when it's good, I can, I can vibe with the kind of, with the kind of, you know, who wants to live forever type story that it's playing around with in occasionally interesting ways. But then it keeps doing shonen bullshit at mm. really crucial, emotionally tender moments in ways that feel kind of like a punch because it lulled me into a state of wanting to invest in it. And that sucks more than a series that I just 
am flipping through nonchalantly and isn't trying to hit on those big themes. Does that make sense? Mm. Sure. Yeah, I, I agree. Like in the, I think I was really vibing with the series at the start because of its focus on like people who go out at night as uh, like, you know, their kind of uh, problems with academia or, or work culture, uh, social stresses and like kind of the appeal of like the liminality of spaces during the night where you can do things that you couldn't otherwise do just because of a lack of crowd or traffic or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like most of that disappeared in the second half. Uh, oh, yeah. where it, it just became like, yeah, that it was just more and more like Romeo and Juliet with vampires slash this weird harem thing where all these women are hanging off this 14 year old boy for some reason. Uh, it is strange that Abe died and suddenly we have uh, an anime about uh, the undead having stress about reproducing. I, I mean, I think that. the the Oof. manga did start in 2019, but true. I'm just saying the timing <laughs> seems very prophetic. Uh, I don't believe in coincidences. Is all I'm saying. Uh, yeah, okay. yeah. I mean, so. I I do also agree with you on that. That I think the beginning of this series felt a lot more grounded, a little bit more personal to Ko, uh, but as it it increasingly becomes the what's up with the vampires hour mm-hmm. um, towards the end. Uh, I will say I did break out my trench coat uh, to um, <laughs> to pseudo cosplay Ogura yesterday while I was on camera. Nice. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's a good look. Anko is very cool and sexy aesthetic wise, which makes it very sad that also she sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Probably, like, the worst perpetrator, I would say, among all of the adult women. Yeah. <sighs> why, is, why is she such an icon? <laughs> Are either of you going to keep up with the season two that is definitely coming because this anime was a huge hit? Uh, was it a huge hit? I'll, I think so. I'll be there for the vibes because I'm here for the vibes. Fair. I don't know. I don't know if it was a huge hit. I don't think I'll watch a season two, though. I think I pretty much uh, like the the thing that drew me to the the, uh, the anime in the first place was almost gone by the end of the series. So I doubt Fair. it will suddenly if it rushes back. Let me know. But I doubt it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a, I'm still up with the manga for now. It, it just got into some interesting Nazana related flashbacks. Ooh. But we'll see how much longer it continues to also occasionally slap me across the face. Mm. Okay. All right. All right. That is the cherry on that for now then. Yakus's guide to babysitting. Jackie, how did it how did it fare at the end? Uh it reminded people that this is a show about Yakuza at the very end. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um with with a sudden, you know, kidnapping plot that just gets um Kirishima, was it? Yeah. Kirishima, right. Yeah. Uh to uh get angry and start punching people yeah i mean otherwise i mean it's fine it's exactly what you expect probably they they kind of foreshadowed the thing where yaika would be put in peril uh at some point because of their connection to the yakuza i don't know how i really feel about that as part of the premise at all on one hand it sort of feels kind of inevitable that that would happen Mm -hmm. Uh, on the other hand it felt really kind of exploitative kind of putting this character in danger just to create some drama for the main character especially because it was at the designs of a character who uh correct me if i'm wrong here seems to have kind of like a a homoerotic obsession with kirishima yes Uh, very very majima vibes 
Yeah. Right. If you played um, Yakuza. Mm-hmm. Um, so and- when does he show up as a uh, as a stripper in a nurse outfit? Then uh, that will be season Not- two. Yeah, yeah. I guess season two uh, comes uh, in coming. Right now, but- he just orchestrated uh, Yaika getting kidnapped and having her. Uh, what did the guy? Did he? He like hit her in the head right she got like a concussion or something uh well they were they ha- they were holding her hostage and you know dropped her and yeah yeah but i mean you know this you, you could see this coming from like a mile away yeah. right um he was he was in the shadows constantly going like you know kiryu chan yeah. like uh from like episode four or something so it's like, oh, there's something finally happening and we're just doing this because it's the end of the season and we need drama to have people keep watching, yep. I guess. Which is, I think, one of the biggest crimes in anime. Mm. It worked too. Feels gross. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the rest of it was pretty sweet, I guess. <laughs> it was weird. I mean, it had its nice moments. It had its nice moments. They they became um, YouTubers for a period of time. You yeah. Know? Just that last story arc, I think I, I didn't quite like how they... I feel like they could have done it without it feeling that gross, uh, but it felt a little gross. Teppen? I know that you wrote a uh, you you wrote out your feelings about this, Jackie. So if you just kind of want to gloss, that's fine with me. Uh, everything makes sense at the end. If you're if you're interested in watching a long con of a amazing narrative experience, go for it. Um, it left me going, "What the hell just happened?" And it was I love anime like that. Uh, it's, oh. it's hilarious. It's it well. It's hilarious when you look back at it. It I wasn't laughing when I was watching it, which is the crime of this show. Fair. All right. Shine on Bakumatsu bad boys. It sucked at the beginning and sucked in the middle. How did it do at the end? I mean, it got worse. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. How did it get worse again? It, it's just it just got so forgettably pedestrian by the end. Like it had nothing up its sleeve. Yeah, I, I I was thinking about it the other day. Like, how did this how did this get made? It didn't seem like it really had a concept, or I mean, like they it was like a premise without a story. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, I, mm-hmm. I, I I I usually when I see an anime, I can see like what they're trying to do or why they think it'll become popular or like I don't know the gimmick they're trying to do. Bakumatsu was just like uh, here's here's some uh, like a historic fantasy thing, but then we just kind of meander around for twelve episodes. Uh, and I, the, I don't know, just the, like it, it was an unfinished idea. Like everything was so canned, right? Yeah. Like you, you could see everything coming. There were, there was no twist whatsoever. Yep. Mm, I got you just extremely by the numbers, everything you predicted what happened did in fact happen just like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And like, oh, we beat the bad guys. Everyone's happy now. Yay! And I'm yeah. like, I, I I cannot care. I yeah, it was like care. a canceled Shonen Jump manga. <laughs> no, no, where they have to wrap everything up really fast after like it gets a twenty chapter run or something. <laughs> That's true, yeah. but I mean, I would say it's even worse than the canceled Shonen Jump manga because Shonen Jump wouldn't have even picked it up. Yeah, for sure. It's really surprising oh, that they wow. got the author of Shaman King to do character designs for this, since I like I don't know. It just didn't. What did they bring to the table that attracted? I guess just money. <laughs> just money. I mean, good for Hiroyuki Takei. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. 
All right. Yeah. Let us <laughs> speak no say? more of it. Yeah. I think that's more than it deserves. Yeah. <laughs> what about, uh, so we are recording this on the day that Caden uh, Jensen put out an extremely damning um, editorial about her time at Rooster Teeth. How did Ruby Ice Kingdom fan, uh, finish up? Uh, was I the only person watching this? Okay. Yes, I promise after this I will talk and, and not bother you for a while. Okay. It kind of pulled through like the same, as I said, the story needed to kind of come to a close a little earlier than the end of the core. And it did. They, they wrapped up around episode 11. The final episode is just like the story continues, right? Gotcha. I didn't really appreciate the pacing so much because of this it just felt like it was too drawn out um you know john becomes the it boy again again and ultimately i'm just like i don't really care um also in the final like epic battle uh they ran out of funding no they totally funding was the whole they totally ran out of funding like Within the within the last ha- uh, thirty seconds of the fight, everything goes to dog shit because you can tell there was like great Sakuga moments. They're just like uh, animating this complex action sequence, and then as soon as that kind of dies down and they're in, in going into like the final moments of the battle, after like the climax of the battle's done, right? Mm-hmm. The the lo- the characters are like weird scribbles it is it is amazingly bad Mm. (laughs) yeah it felt like the the animation was really good in the beginning but it did feel like uh they were in danger uh you can i feel like the early science is always even if the animation's good you can see like the compositing doesn't look that great like if Mm. the characters in the backgrounds don't seem to be moving together that probably means they got the animation super late and weren't able to like really stick them together uh because that's like the last step right so yeah. that that's like you saw that with like Yasuke and stuff. Uh, I, that made me really nervous to start off with, like watching the characters move past that cliff, but it looked like it was two different worlds. Uh, I get that. That's kind of predictable, I guess, is what I'm saying. Yeah, I guess what I'll say is they didn't run out of money per se. They ran out of time. Yeah, like it. Mm. It absolutely meant like, OK, we need to absolutely finish these really cool fight scenes. And this one that isn't like the focus of the fight scene, we can kind of fudge it because everyone's going to be paying attention to that scene instead. Wow. Um, and the you know final final episode very much kind of I don't know it it, it, it just food fight it, food fight it was cute I guess but by then I was just like please wrap it up. Um, they do they do talk about like hey you know. Can you um, can you talk about like the racism aspect with all the beast people? And it's like, Ooh. right? Didn't they? Uh, didn't they bring in uh, having Blake be essentially the uh, token representative for beast people from, as I recall, the first season of the web series, and that came back for the anime. Yeah, like um, they they flat out ask her to be the. Um, the representative and you know liaison to better relations between beast people and humans uh and she's like uh i'd rather just be blake which is fair which is Mm. fair but i i feel like this show is trying to talk about race racism 
and it it just does not have the chops to do it at all especially because it's yeah. kind of an afterthought mm-hmm. you know on the bright side you know you got to you got stuff you enjoyed out of the original ruby that you went back and watched after this do, do you think i really enjoyed it <laughs> i never know with you sometimes <laughs> <laughs> no, I had I had the original Ruby running while I was playing Final Fantasy fourteen and grinding crafter quests. Nice. Yeah, that's the way to watch it. Yeah. So I, I <laughs> to enjoy it means, you know, I was focusing on gathering supplies. Made that pack maker gear. Yeah. Oh, nice. I mean I still enjoy the podcasts I listen to while I'm farming for souls and dark souls, so you know. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but fair enough. It happened, it ended. Thank you for reporting in on it. Uh, let's hope we never have another season again. Hooray. There is nothing to report on Jimmy Mo besides what we said in the mid-season. Uh, D dropped it, not because it did anything particularly badly, but it, because it was more or less staying the course and she got caught up watching B and Puppycat instead. All right. As promised, I will do some talking now because this moves us up to Yure Deco, a show that is good enough. I'm frustrated with it for not being better. Yeah. Uh, I made special notes for this, I think. I think ultimately this is a very ambitious series that bit off a lot more than it could chew. I really, really respect Science Saru's what seems to be a baseline philosophy for its shows, wherein it includes a lot of very casually diverse worlds you know in terms of race and ability uh gender presentation that kind of thing it really is warming to see in a way how they are able to write it in a way that does feel very smooth and naturalistic and nobody has to make a shitty joke about the fact that hack doesn't have pronouns or finn is extremely femme presenting there's a cool old lady who uses a robot to punch people and that's great in that sense i liked it i liked the characters well enough even though peter i haven't stopped thinking about the fact that um hack is we have at at home <laughs> ever since you stopped uh, ever since you said it sorry for <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think because the series wants to do so much, it ends up being this sort of amorphous Rorschach test that gives you what you bring to it. I was having a conversation with Dee, who liked this show more than I did, but still felt mixed enough on it that, spoiler alert, it won't be appearing on our Summer Rex list. Uh, and we were talking about Finn's backstory. Uh, so Finn's motivation is that he originally started working um, in his disadvantaged neighborhood to fit, try and fix this local generator that had malfunctioned and was causing pollution in the water supply. But because he tried to bring this to public attention, all it ended up doing was causing a lot of the sort of harmless but technically illegal things that were going on in his neighborhood to be shut down and the water is still polluted um and then everyone gets mad at him for this and drives him out of town basically um and so to me when i watched that episode at first i really liked it until the rest of the community turned on him because i thought there was a lot there about how you know it it can 
be really discouraging to live in a vault to to be part of a vulnerable group and if you are young and idealistic enough that you still believe that the system is going to help you and then it blows up in your face that can really hurt and i i felt like they did they handled that pretty well and then it got to the scene where you know all of his neighbors are like this is your fault and never come back again and run you out of town on the rail um all we wanted was to keep our uh, you know our illegal phones and you've ruined that for us so to me, the first time I watched it, what I brought to it was kind of thinking about stuff like the Flint water crisis and how, so at, in that sense, it felt very trite and manufactured that it had taken this big swing of commentary that it had want, wanted to do and then sort of fumbled it by making, ah, well, Finn's the only one who realized what was going on because he doesn't use a deco he can't because he has motion sickness and all these all these people who are plugged into their opid of the masses are you know are just too gosh darn oblivious and small-minded and i i hated that and i found it really condescending and then i but so when d watched it she brought to it um thinking about you know the covid um and by the way, I, I pulled Flint, but I think I you could also easily talk about the uh, the fallout from the tsunami that's still going on and activists are still trying to bring attention to in Japan. Um, but so when Dee watched it, she brought to it this idea about, you know, folks in the wake of COVID and this idea that, you know, people don't want to wear masks because it's inconvenient, even though it would demonstrably be for the greater good. And in that light the crowd scene hits a lot more truthfully, you know, as something that, Oh yeah, we all watched this happen for two years and counting. Um, and so it is a really, really hit or miss show, depending on who's watching it in a lot of key moments. And I don't necessarily think that's to the show's credit when it's dealing with, you know, capital B capital I big ideas, because if, if it doesn't have on the one hand, you could argue you know, if it's holding up a mirror to society or whatever, isn't that interesting? But if it's so opaque that you can't get a that two people don't get the same read on what it wants its central message to be, then maybe it's failed at conveying what it wants to. You know? Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, because I, 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 I like knew they were trying to make commentary in that part, but I really, I, I don't know. I just felt. A, a very strange lack of thoughts or feelings in regards to what I was watching, uh, where I feel like normally if a situation like that came up, I would have clicked with it more. I'm not, I'm not quite sure how to describe what the, the sensation was like. It just, mm -hmm. it, it like, it just kind of completely missed me. I think because they, I don't really know if they had any idea of where they were going with it either. Cause, I, and this is something I am really tired of, anime doing uh it, it they i feel like they're just obsessed with the moment in the matrix where they go into the room with colonel sanders in it and uh, the, just this moment where you meet like the authority running the system and you make the appeal to the authority and then either everything just gets magically fixed by deus ex machina the deus i guess being colonel sanders or nothing happens and and both i find equally frustrating 
yeah, this does basically have the same ending as decadence to, in an extent to an extent where they get up to the system and the system in this case is like, yep, I too am tired here. Yeah. You try. I was just waiting for somebody to appear in this room and ask me to stop. And uh, so I guess I'll fix everything since you were so polite. Yeah, definitely pulled a, a decadent psychopath for sure. It's like, it's frustrating. And I think this is, this certainly insulted me less ending wise than Decadence yep. did because as it went on, it certainly became clearer that this is a show meant for middle grade audiences. And once I realized that I was able to be a little more forgiving of how extremely broad strokes it is although then i found myself wondering are kids who grew up with the internet from birth watching this intrigued or insulted i just don't know oh yeah yeah i like with a longer younger audience the kind of like uh the fear of the ubiquity of the internet thing i don't imagine would <laughs> make any sense and to it them does, yeah it does get a little bit less old man yells at clout than the first couple episodes where it's like technology is a tool but it shouldn't be the only thing that's important to you and i can respect it going t for that there are moments that i think work but it's such a frustratingly uneven series and the moments when it fail really hit a bitter chord you know mm-hmm I don't know. I watched it. I don't think I'd actively discourage people from watching it, but I'm not going to go out of my way to recommend it to anybody either. Yeah. I don't really, I didn't feel like it was bad. I just felt like I, I got nothing out of the experience really besides, I don't know. I like, I, the first couple episodes were charming, but yeah. yeah. Then just, they kind we of never got hacks backstory and maybe they're trying to do something there where it doesn't matter because you are who you are now and what's important is the family they've made, but they sure did allude to it a lot to then just not go anywhere with it. Oh, yeah. I, I got really nervous during the Alice in Wonderland scene with Hack. Uh, I was like, oh, what are they going to do here? But then it was literally, again, nothing. It's just like nothing happened. It was just like, oh, I better escape this mind palace so we can. It was just like an obstacle, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. That was a show. Mm -hmm. It's um, <clears throat> it's right up there with, oh, what was that show a couple of seasons ago that... um. Tokyo 24th Ward! Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. okay. This is the good side. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, that true. Yeah, that was almost the... Yeah, that was the appeal of the authority. It was the girl that they had to save, and then uh, she stopped being the authority or something. I actually can't remember quite how that ended. Did she keep uh, it, it was, the computer? So, so it, was, it was basically they realized that um, they sacrificed... Uh, a girl to be in the computer because she died and her yeah, brain yeah. was going to be a waste to just bury anyway. And everyone realized that was a very terrible thing to do actually. Yeah. And so it's time for everyone to sit, you know, sit down and think about what they've done work together and work together. Yeah, and yeah. we can reform the cops. It'll be fine. Cause our friend is in it now. Yeah. And, and also, and also the governor is, is sorry. Yeah, yeah, he yeah, feels real so bad, sorry. so we should forgive him <laughs> for creating a police state. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, um, so yeah, Yuri Deco was an interesting, ambitious series. I uh, gotta give it that much. Mm -hmm. Licorice Recoil is a show God. that I understand why people really, really loved it, but, and I didn't hate it. I watched all of it. Um, Mika is great, and I wish we could have had more of this fantastic um, queer black disabled dad 
doing dad stuff and having a secret agent past. He's not disabled. But it's fine. That, yeah. You're right. He has pretending to be he's, disabled. He's pretending to be disabled. That is quite the reveal at the end. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. To me, because it reminded me a lot of Review Starlight, the more I sat back and thought about it, uh, because that's a show, that's a series and a film that I quite liked. Um, and well, first of all, Takina and Chisato are like if you swapped Karen and Hikari's personalities, but kept their plot roles the same, which I think has some uh, problems for narrative momentum. But it, it uh, reviews Starlight because it's so crunched with the amount of characters versus the amount of time it has, sort of skates by on hitting on archetypes and trusting you as an invested viewer to bring what you know about those archetypes and kind of fill out what they're suggesting rather than saying about the characters. And I think that is a lot of what Licorice Recoil is doing, which I think is why people are so people who bought into it are really into it because they see the this very intense fanfic like life and interiority they've brought to these not bad, very archetypal characters. Um, whereas for me, I didn't really make that click with a lot of the cast, even though I do think Chisato's pretty interesting. Yeah. Takina exists. Um, so for me, it was the, it was this very cold viewing experience where I, where I would sit back and re and think, oh, that was a cool action scene. And this is, this is an all right scene with character dialogue. And there's an homage that they're making in that scene. This, uh, this is the Legato and Vash scene from Trigun. Yeah. All right. Yep. Exactly the same feeling you have. Uh, I, I really enjoyed the visuals. Um, can I speak much about the actual content? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's a yeah. show. I feel like it had really strong vibes and really cool gunfights. And I think a lot of people just watched it on kind of that surface level and enjoyed it. Yeah. Which again is fine, but like, <laughs> I, I it didn't capture me in the same way. So I was paying attention to the story and uh, it, it was, I would, I feel like it was pretty bad a lot of the time. Yeah, if I uh, if I focus too hard on the tone, uh, then it starts to get a little insulting vis-a-vis, oh no, these girls are being gunned down in the line of duty and they give their all to war as child soldiers. And also here is a fun action sequence uh, where we where Chisato is having a bad day, so she shoots a guy's tire out. But don't worry, we're not thinking about how he might have wrecked or t- taken out people on the freeway behind him because this one is a comedy scene, not a drama scene. Move along. Well, and then at the end, Chisato straight up tries to kill Majima uh, unceremoniously after the big scene where she is definitely never going to kill anybody. Like she didn't know that he survived falling out of that tower, and that was meant to kill him. Um, but uh, there was no narrative weight to the fact that she uh, decided and acted upon an effort to kill another human being. I felt like that was very strange, considering they were doing a Vash the Stampede with her. Well, well, no, because uh, she didn't let him die in the same way that Batman uh, didn't kill Liam Neeson back in Batman Begins. <laughs> I feel like he that's... could have gotten off of that train. True, I I, I made that comparison myself, but I, I feel like it's it's worse because the train was running and he just didn't save him. But in her case, it's like she put him in the train and then <laughs> started moving and then jumped out. Because <laughs> yeah, she's like gravity will kill you. Also, I'm pushing you off. <laughs> so, but I but the gravity is killing you. Uh, very, uh, yeah, just super weird. Also, Majima, I, I really hated how he would got to be like a zany villain when he was like, uh, I'm just murdering teenage girls. I really hate 
child soldiers, so I'm going to kill all the child soldiers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of like. Did you, you know. say he's like a dog chasing cars? Oh God, I hate that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah his his. Plan Do you think we live in a society? Didn't make sense. It sucked. I wish he had uh, murdered the people running the freaking child soldier programs rather than the child soldier. That that, that kind of makes more sense to me, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, his entire plot makes no sense overall. Like, hey, I'm just going to put out 4,000 guns into Tokyo and see what happens. <laughs> Such a... and, and that, like, <laughs> literally nothing happened with that either. There were, like, two, uh, like, shootouts with the, with cops or and the girls or something. And then they never even, I don't even think they, like, discussed what happened to all those guns after the fact. Um, there's, like, a one-liner of, like, we've recovered half the guns and we're trying to find <laughs> oh, the other half. Great, cool. Oh. Um. I I will say like this show could be interesting and I, I hate that I would say this, but Mm. this show could be interesting if they made a season two and it's just, you know, Sato and Takina actually doing like kind of their own gunsmith cats kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I I wish they'd gone one way or the other to either do gunslinger girls or guns uh, or uh, gunsmith cats. Don't try to do both because (laughs) those are so different. So different. Specifically, the Gunsmith Cats OVA, uh, if you're listening out there, Monkey Paw. (laughs) (laughs) Just putting that out there. Uh, But yeah, I don't, I I, I can see why people were really into it. Uh, Big, big ups to all the folks who put out all that great Shisato Takina fan art. I, it just did not click with me. And I think it's kind of a mess that got by on how good it looks. And the investment people brought to it from outside. Yeah, much like Psychopaths. I just like guns. I'm just walking away from that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, any any final thoughts on uh, on that one before we move on? Way too many, but uh, it's just beating a dead horse. <laughs> well, so, uh, yeah. Don't smoke. Don't smoke uh, like horse lilies. They're poisonous. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Not. Yeah, don't smoke spider lilies. Gosh, dream ruined. Yeah, okay. Um... Uh, Biscuit Hammer, I made you finish under duress. Is there anything? How did it? How? Like I feel like the story is picking up. If you're invest, if you if you get Stockholm syndrome and you're you're watching the show because you have to, you kind of start getting invested and you start caring about the characters. I guess. Yeah, can't even talk about how it finishes because it's twenty four episodes. Yeah, it's we're still in the halfway point. Yeah, it, it feels like it's we're getting into plot now, right? Like people are fighting, people are training. Um, mm. And so there's a little bit more focus on the characters, which I think is what the show really needs. There are moments, though, that I'm still kind of like, I feel like there were like four or five chapters that should have been here to develop this, like to flesh this out, because we're just kind of going like, yeah, this is what we're doing now. Yeah, amazing how fast-paced it seems when it's mm-hmm. got twice as many episodes as Planet With. Yeah, I, I guess this is an opportunity to remind people that um, Planet With is good. Yep, watch Planet yeah. With. Uh, it and- has a Blu-ray now. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. nice. Uh, and just so you know, Rai, um, my uh, uh, Crunchyroll subscription has expired. So I uh, you cannot so you're free? Me. You cannot force <laughs> me to watch this show anymore. I can't. You're free. Be free. You can watch the uh the, the cat girl sword anime now. It's oh, okay. Hell yes. Oh hell yes. <laughs> Speaking of cat girls, Tokyo Mew Mew New, 
which I am still watching and I think will continue to watch when it has its second half in spring 2023. I, it really settles into itself in the back half, I feel like. Um, Aoyama sucks less. I still think they keep giving him weird lines about Ichigo being a kitty, but if it, it's very, it feels less like this kid sucks and more like the writers are just saddling him with pickup lines that are thematically relevant to our main character being a cat girl. So I started to forgive that. Kish sucks, but I respect that it's framed in this way where the audience is there to, you know, the audience can sort of swoon a little bit over this terrible boy and how they could fix him. But the narrative is very firm on the fact that he's a creeper. So that's nice. I don't like Rio, and that is down to the fact that this series has a consistent problem with the fact that the the main girls are all voiced by fairly new voice actors who are talented, but are bringing much more naturalistic performances. And the dudes are all voiced by like 35-year-old industry veterans. And it works for the aliens, and Aoyama is gotten better. His voice is less frighteningly deep for a 15-year-old. But Ryo sounds like a 35-year-old man who smokes, and it creeps me out when he hits on Ichigo. <laughs> so that's that's a problem for me. The finale was nice. It had a lot of good friendship moments, and it was like peak magical girl where we're fighting the giant monster to save the day and save planet Earth. But also, our friend needs to go on her date. Like, that's, that's good shit. I'm here for that. Uh, so, yeah, I think... I think it's shaping up into a pretty enjoyable magical girl series, albeit one that still occasionally feels like uh, it's you can tell it's glossing over stuff that had a lot more time to organically develop in a longer series. And also, please do continue to tell Discotech to license the original anime. Oh, the other thing was that we did get confirmation from... Uh, from several uh, commenters and stuff that, yeah, this new anime tones down the uh, Chinese stereotypes around bullying a lot, which oh, is deeply unfortunate for the old series. Oh, bad. Yeah. So that's, uh, yeah, that's where I'm at with that one. It's fun. It, it's just a nice, enjoyable show. Uh, all right. That brings us not quite to sequels because we're going to do a little talk about edge runners now. <sighs> <laughs> enjoy you want to start peter or do you want me to I, I guess so i've got really weird mixed feelings about this show i think more in regards to the reaction to it than even maybe the show itself I, I i think i watched it was glass reflection who had a video that was like it's the most punk anime ever made which oh god no yeah, he was i think he was editorializing but also no it's fucking not don't even say that akadama drive is right there yeah, yeah. literally like not even in the past two years uh could you make it could you say it's the most cyberpunk anime <laughs> Uh, but he, he did make a good point, I think, which was like Trigger was probably a good choice because they are one of the most punky studios. And I mean, like uh, between like Beast, what was it? BNA, Promare, Kill a Kill. Like I, I, they do have pretty like, you know, they're hit and miss on execution, but they are very, I would say, progressive and anti-authoritarian in their narratives. Right. That's not like that. They, they do have pretty punky. They stories. try. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, yeah, no matter, no matter like how it rolls out, you can see the intention behind it and what they wanted to do. And it, it, it's, yeah, that, that they're, they're trying. Row, row, fight the power indeed. It's just bizarre to me that I, I felt like the show was such a miss and I don't know who to point to because apparently 
CD Project PR. Red wrote it, and they made a better story in their own game, uh, executing on these same ideas. And then Trigger has done better stories on their side. So how did both come together to make something that was less than the sum of its parts? So I mean, what I'm what I'm seeing here is that CDPR came up with the story, yeah. and it was totally crap. Like I think it was an afterthought. Afterthought, mm. right? It's like, oh, we're doing an anime. We're doing an anime tie-in. We got to come up with a spot, uh, a plot. And so they came up with this. And I mean, the only apparently the most interesting thing about Edge Runners is the fact that uh, Trigger added in Rebecca into the story. Yeah, but otherwise it was just a, a more poor execution of the main story of the video game. So I, f- I feel like there just wasn't energy from CDPR here. Aside from like, here's the assets and here's the stories. Mm-hmm. Figure it out. And then uh, Trigger, yeah, Trigger, as I call, as I say it, it this show sure, sure is cyberin. Yeah, um, <laughs> cyberin all over the place. Uh, <laughs> Everybody's cybering in this. <laughs> um, it's it, like it, they got the feel, they got the look down. Yeah. But I don't think anyone has sort of the the narrative, like the the, the chops to actually write convincing and powerful stories yeah like they can't trigger cannot land its land its stories and we know this and i was i was totally expecting this to you know not and that's what i got and i'm like okay yeah this yeah. is about <laughs> no, what, is, exactly. what i okay. got well you see did it end as a job battle in space how do we know it's a trigger end? yeah yeah it, 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 it does it, end in space part. I, I guess it does end in space it's just the final <laughs> battle isn't there actually uh that's true um again it ends exactly the same as the video game they, uh, there's a showdown in arasaka tower where you fight adam smasher literally the, that's the ending of the video game too uh, it, it, it's thanks for spoiling cool. the video game for me oh wow Sorry. <laughs> the video game you'll play yeah no well, if it's like um, my my joke is, or my my serious thought is, if it's too fitty, I'll I'll buy it on Steam. Yeah. But um, there are so many things, and I, I'm you know, fully you know, uh, what's the word uh, where you where you say that you're you're biased? Uh, I you would say you're biased. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> oh, um, full disclosure. Oh, okay, oh, I, see, ah. I see. A disclaimer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Full yeah. disclosure. Uh, you know, I I did help write my own. You know, cyberpunk. You know, I'm giving you a uh, carte blanche to go ahead and plug Hardwired Island, a tabletop RPG that is a lot more cyberpunk than uh, Cyberpunk 2077. Yeah, I gave exactly. you license to do that. Thank you for plugging the game for me because I wasn't going to. Um, but. Please buy it. It's on itch.io. Um, the the Isn't thing that about bona fides than a disclaimer, because you're <laughs> saying I have written a good cyberpunk story. And this is <laughs> well, I, I only advised on it. Okay. Um, no, but like to speak on this, like cyberpunk 2077 and 2020 are fundamentally flawed, right? Like th- those products that that media came from a period where cyberpunk meant the yellow peril yep fighting against you know the asians coming to take over the american way of life and cdpr trigger everyone swallowed it whole and spat out cyberpunk 2077 and edge runners so like it's it cannot be punk that that is my fundamental thing here it cannot be punk 
because it's it's not ba- it's it's based on a old hat mentality of what cyberpunk is. Mm. It has no bearing to what's going on today in society. And I just it, it is so frustrating for people for me to see people saying like this is so like edgy and you know this is this is what you know cyberpunk is like no cyberpunk the punk in cyberpunk is that you have to like for me anyway it's it's about making a meaningful fight and there is no meaningful fight here yeah it's literally just the main character is told that they're the main character and they need to do something great which drives them to i don't know just yeah be a a very generic gormless hero and and I said that, you know, like uh, Lucy is there to keep David interesting because otherwise the show falls apart. And then Lucy isn't even that interesting in the anime at the end. She gets it's, major sidelined. Yeah. It, it's hilarious that literally the thing that saved this show was Rebecca. Yeah. <laughs> the, the triggers. <laughs> Fun. Literally yeah. Rebecca. Yeah. People love to make memes of that there uh, pigtail girl. Yeah. She's fun. <sighs> it just... I'm going to go reinstall Payday 2 again. There, there, there are cyberpunk stories that have a that embrace transhumanism, and you know they just don't seem to be the ones that ascend to popular consciousness, and it's frustrating. It's it's all about it's all about the um, the neon and the and the uh, the grunge and Harrison Ford. Do not forget the boobs And, and the boobs. And the boobs. I mean, mostly there are so many boobs in this show. Yeah, I think I think this is absolutely a show where Trigger said, "Hey, uh, how many how how lewd and violent can we get before somebody tells us to tone it down?" Oh yeah, I, I like in the game there are like netrunner jumpsuits that you wear. Uh, it's like it's like what you wear when you're doing the like the brain hacking thing uh, that mm-hmm. like regulates your body temperature and stuff. And they have special chairs. Uh, and they do have the tubs full of ice, but you wear the net runner suit and you get into the tub of ice, and that's only for like extreme net running or something like that. But it, I think I don't know whether it was what changed, but or if Trigger just said like, what if they were naked in a tub of ice instead? <laughs> would that? Well, I, I mean, think that, I think that would be <laughs> the, up the visual appeal a bit or something. And they they even it. see it like um, oh, they she, were yeah, like, she's like saying, I don't like wearing the suit or something like that. Yeah, it's like, hey Lucy, when are you gonna buy yourself a suit? And it's like. Never. I'd rather, I'd rather be naked on screen. Yeah. Yeah. Also, everyone's naked, like in their apartments, because I guess they can't afford pajamas. Yeah. In Edge Runners world, like pajamas are too expensive or something. Yeah. Tragic. Nobody wears clothes. <laughs> that's the that's the real capitalist hellscape. Is nobody can afford sleepwear. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I should end this segment by saying I liked Promare. Yeah, Promare's Please, trigger fans. Promare's yeah, fine. <laughs> all right um we are running a little bit long so for cj's sake in the transcript corner we are going to slam through these sequels chiaki do you have anything to say uh relevant to rent a girlfriend which i did not know you were watching <laughs> uh it's it's shit it's shit yeah all right i mean it continues to be shit it's terrible nothing happened I mean, this season at all no- literally nothing happened yeah. i guess he gets he gets some kind of gumption to do something for once at the very end of the season and it's like anyway wait for season three for anything to happen i'm like good for you also every half the cast sucks Mm. right like tizuru is okay i she's all right i like her enough she's classy 
yeah, she's classy. Uh, and then uh, Waif girl, uh, the 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 fla- wallflower girl. I forgot her name. Oh God, wallflower, the uh, quiet uh, one. Oh, uh, is it Sumi? She's nice. Yeah, she's precious. She's I love yeah. her. Uh, the other two, fuck right off. I hate them. Oh, yeah, mommy sucks. And Ruka, I, I would I would hate Ruka except that uh, uh, fucking the main character is so awful to her that I'm on her side. <laughs> You're like knowingly leading her on is such an asshole. That's true. Yeah. But also Ruka fucking sucks. Yeah, she does suck. She sucks too. But she doesn't deserve that. No, Nobody deserves that really. It's kind of like watching Seinfeld. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's, it's I hate them not all. funny, They're all but it's bad. not funny. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. That's a good comparison. Yeah, but uh, I guess the 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 impetus behind this whole season was that they're going to do the uh, the movie making subplot from a Silent Voice, uh, maybe in season three or something. Who knows? So I should just go watch a Silent Voice. Uh, I would do that instead. Yes. <laughs> All right. Cool. All right. Season three is solved. Yeah. You know what was really good though is Shadows House season two, which saved my anime season. Oh yeah. yeah. God, I love this show. It just see, uh, season two really benefits from expanding the cast and kind of looking into the star bearers it's able to get into a lot more of the sort of inequalities that it wants to talk about uh it is really kate's a really great protagonist in that she's really smart and resourceful but she still have has weaknesses in a way that doesn't feel like oh we need to make sure this girl isn't too smart and intimidating like her shortcomings feel like natural evolutions of she's sort of an immature kid and you know she needs her friends around her to kind of help her help her do things and keep her emotionally balanced so she is really great to have as a protagonist the whole ensemble is great i love playing spot the horror homage with the names uh because the series is made for me Mm -hmm. it does a lot of interesting things with you know, it's a series about the journey from childhood to adulthood and the kind of gap and the power leverage uh, between those two societal groups. Um, and it it actually makes a lot of pretty smart commentary on that front. It also introduces a character, I guess two characters because she has a girlfriend. Um, it, it introduces a character where I thought I was back in the 90s. Uh, that we have a character who is um, as strongly lesbian coded as humanly possible without ever actually saying the words. I kiss my girlfriend. Um. Like she, like we, we have, like she's a, she's a princely character who explicitly tells another character, Oh no, no, I'm not interested in that dude I'm close to. And there's a whole subplot where they, you know, have tender hair stroking and it's it's nice i it's a really good season i love this show i cannot wait for season three which i hope is coming soon because it ends on a pretty not exactly kind of a cliffhanger uh on the precipice of some really big developments so yeah if you are into gothic series uh that are really good character dramas with a little bit of creeping dread but it's not too scary uh this show is exceptional and yeah, I really like it. Uh, none of us watched Made in Abyss. I have said before that if there was enough interest from readers in hearing a, like an Anim FM retrospective on it that 
I at least would be willing to go and watch season the movie and season two. I know Lizzie was kind of tentatively interested in watching it just on their own. Uh, Dee and I br- both dropped the anime after season one, but we could probably either I could convince her or we could find another third person if folks really wanted us to do a retrospective. But for now, I can't, I don't have enough emotional space left to deal with the everything about Made in Abyss. Yeah. I, I plan I plan to watch it. It's just, uh, this is kind of a shitty season, and uh, this season about Made of Abyss is literally also about shit. Like, yeah, I was going to say, isn't, isn't it a very shitty literal. anime? Yeah, literally uh, <laughs> not dying from diarrhea uh, seems to be the impetus behind three-fourths of this season. So Everything I've heard from the discussion is that uh, from other people, including folks in the Discord who have been watching it, which there have been some folks who really thought season two was an improvement on a, on season one. And I believe oh, really? them. Um, but uh, yes, it seems to be those who walk away from Omala's the Ursula K. Le Guin story, but also we have a lot of shit in it because it's made an abyss. Yep. Uh, the diarrhea arc. So, yeah. so I'm just curious. Um, I am having like a Berenstein's bears moment where I'm trying to find this one Dojin artist who made nothing but grow and like weird shit art that feels like it's from Made in Abyss. And I cannot find who the heck it was. I think his name was Sibone. But if anyone listening <laughs> oh, I, this is what, okay. <laughs> this is like remembers who this is, could you just like DM me that name? Because like I am trying to pull that that reference out and i just cannot i was wondering anyway. where you were going for this it's literally just anyone out there please help me <laughs> <laughs> okay cool and uh alex is not on but i know that they watched and enjoyed love live superstar season two so you should see more about that in writing was there anything that we forgot to talk about on this fine day for this terrible season Herman labyrinth of another world had a cat girl at the very end Nice. All right. Well, that that saves it from the pit of shame. It's no longer a horrible, toxic from the premise up show. Too bad. Sword anime <laughs> has the same, but she's emancipated immediately. Oh, watch the the girl from the other side. Oh, OAV was very good. Yes, yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's quite good. And then read the manga because the, the anime doesn't tell you too much. But uh, no, it the, covers like two volumes. Yeah, yeah, but it's super beautiful, and the manga is great, super great. And please, somebody animate Nagabe's other work where he draws uh, gay furries. Please. Didn't know about that one. But please. Yeah, also that. Yeah, that's most of his other work. <laughs> oh, it's wow. awesome. Oh, wow. Didn't, okay, cool. That's cool. <laughs> All right. And that wraps us up. Thank you so much for joining us, AnaFam. Uh, if you liked this episode, you can find more from us on our website at animefeminist.com. You can find articles and... Uh, as well as uh, more podcast episodes there. If you really like this, consider going to our Patreon and tossing us a dollar a month. Uh, It really helps us to continue paying our contributors and our editors. We're all trying to save up enough to increase our costs, increase our costs. We have enough of those. We're trying to save up uh, to increase our payments to both our editors and our contributors. So we would really love your assistance on that. We've 
wanted to raise our rates to pay people what they deserve for the hard work they're doing. If you don't want to use Patreon but still want to chuck us a buck, we are also on Ko-fi at ko-fi.com slash anime feminist, where we have both one-time and ongoing donations. You can go to our store at animefeminist.com slash store where we have cool embroidered patches and hopefully some new designs dropping in the next couple of months hint hint cool things are happening do you, you want can a find bandana us on- for your dog we have those we have dog-sized bandanas and i'm very excited about it yeah <laughs> you can find us on social media we are on twitter at anime feminist on tumblr at anime feminist and we are also on mastodon if you're over there i believe also at anime feminist thank you so much Anafam, and we're going to go catch a nap before fall season crushes us to death with a number of shows that look good to watch. <laughs>